0: Welcome back into Talk Off. It is Friday, May 5th, 2023. The year of our Lord. The year of shitty ass Mets teams. Holy fuck, dude. Holy shit. They're really bad, Chris. They're really Holy bad. Holy shit. This team is feeble. Absolute dog shit. Like, I have, I, all right, we'll, we'll get into this a little more as the show progresses, but I am, I'm more sad than anything and angry. It's just everything that could possibly go wrong seems like it's gone wrong so far. It all started, it literally all started at that wild card game. Scherzer has never looked the same since that wild card game. Zach, I I just don't I don't even know how to piece together my thoughts on this. It's just it's 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 really it's really hard. Like I have I honestly have a million things flying around my head at once. It just seems like everything that could possibly go wrong is going wrong. Like everything is against us. Mother Nature the baseball gods, nothing is good. Nothing is ever good.
1: Well, I will say, I also don't know what's really wrong with them. I, I do think that the conversations we had in the offseason about the Mets were that Steve Cohen obviously will drop money for anyone, blah, blah, blah. But when you really look back at it, outside of Justin Verlander, they really didn't add much. They added pitching. They added no one in the lineup, which is clearly hurting them right now because the lineup is slumping bad. They're looking like the like, the Mets well, of the Jacob DeGrom era that couldn't win a, a, a I one disagree. run start.
0: I, I disagree. Eh, that's what they're looking like. Well, no, it's 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 so I don't think the I don't think the Mets' offense is the issue. I think what the they scored one run. Okay, but Chris, well, no they they didn't they didn't score any runs today.
1: Yeah, and one yesterday.
0: Well, they scored eight in the first game. Okay, I'm sorry. They scored they scored six in the first game or five. I'm sorry. The, the, it's the, the offense isn't the. Let me let me rephrase how I'm going to say this it's the the issue is timely pitching and timely offense and neither are on sync the offense is so unreliable they'll break out some games for 6 to 8 runs but those games are so rare and if those games do happen the pitching won't be there to back it up i i bring up i bring up Monday, Monday night, when when we uh, when we played a doubleheader against the Braves, uh, when I talked about this on Monday show. We lose nine eight to the Braves. Nine eight. I mean, the offense scored eight runs and didn't win. So I, got, I, the offense scores five runs on Wednesday against the Tigers, doesn't win. Today, the pitching showed up. I mean, Verlander, besides the first inning of this game, the pitching was fine. Verlander looked a little shaky in in the first inning, gave up two home runs. Beyond that, it was fine. It was fine. I was happy, what I saw out of Verlander. There's no real complaints out of there. The bullpen looked fine. The offense was just non-existent today. They they, They did three hits. Three hits. You can't have a competing team... Or, or you can't say you're a competing ball club when neither sides of the ball are on sync at the same time. I just.
1: I don't I, I, I honestly don't know what to say because. There there really isn't. And you know, I mentioned the hitting before, but there really isn't one thing to point at with the Mets. It's kind of like a little bit of everything. Like it, it's kind of like what you said. It's it's they're not getting the timely plays. That that if the hitting is there, the pitching's not there. If the pitching's there, the hitting's not there. And the thing I brought about the hitting. Jeff Passan had a tweet today talking about the Mets, who have been shut out six times already this season in their 32 games last year they were only shut out eight times the entire season and that like I feel like that just shows the 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 huge slump that they're in they're just they have not hit their stride yet and we talked about this a little bit pre-show when we were talking about who who is on the Mets is playing well you said Nimmo we threw out Beatty started out all right and then Pete Alonso with the home runs but outside of that like I th- I personally put a future on Lindor to win MVP this season. I thought this was Lindor's season to finally be cemented in City Field in the Mets uniform, and he's just not performing to the to the quality I thought he would. The pitching staff is 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 a huge problem. I, I, I mean, we've talked about it extensively, not on the podcast, but just in general. About Max Scherzer, he just doesn't look like the same guy. You're 100 percent right.
0: He just does not look Scherzer's, like the same guy. Scherzer's done. Father time has caught up with him. He's done. He
1: just uh, I don't know. What he what the past couple starts. He just it just the stuff doesn't look like it used. He's to. done. And then
0: he's done. He he the 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 all – the the wild card game was it. That's that that was it. Done. There's no coming back. He's done. I mean, like I, I don't know what else. He's done. He sucks. You can't say someone's done in in on May fourth. Zach, he, he looks awful. Okay, what, but what do so give? do a lot of people.
1: This is a guy who's been in the league for fifteen years. See he, he knows he he knows how to pitch better than. Let me tell you, he definitely knows how to pitch better than me and you and the average fucking Joe. This is a guy who's gonna. He's got to figure it out in his bullpen sessions. He's got to figure it out off Zach, of the field. I think that's what's got to happen. Zach, he turning, can't. But
0: he's, he's thirty eight years old. He's going to be thirty nine. Chris, in two but I, I
1: understand. But age it only means so much. Just because you you get one year older doesn't mean you automatically can't pitch. I would you disagree. With from, you. He's I, old, you you do not go from a, that dominant to this bad that quickly.
0: I don't know, man. It, something happened i i I think i mean he's creeping up on a six era he's he he looked awful in spring too that's what people are forgetting so and i blew over that just kind of thinking it was spring He you know he would work his way out of it but it 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 doesn't look good
1: no i'm not gonna say it looks good it definitely doesn't look good i think it's age I'm not going to sit here
0: and say that I think Max Scherzer's done. I think he's done. I think he's I think it's age. I really do. I really think it's I really think this is the first time in his career that age has caught up to him and he start and I think it's I think it's become an oh shit moment. And I don't think necessarily I'm not going to sit here and say that he can't turn it around, but I think he almost might have to reinvent himself as a pitcher because what he's doing right now isn't working. Yeah, that's kind of what I was talking about, where like this is something that he needs to
1: figure out in bullpen sessions between starts and start adjusting. The the older guys in this league, the Justin Verlanders, Max Scherzers, the Chris Sales, Clayton Kershaws, these guys have been pitching in the league for 10, 15 years. And over time, I forgot who it was, but in an interview with – completely blanking on who the fucking pitcher was but a former MLB pitcher and they were talking about how like every 3 years pretty much an MLB pitcher needs to reinvent themselves because you have to reinvent because guys will pick up you got you got film on everyone the amount of times people have seen you plus you get older so you lose velocity you lose, RP, lose rpm's you lose so much on that fastball your curveball everything that like a lot of these guys have to reinvent themselves every couple of years I agree with you. I think Max Scherzer probably is going to have to reinvent himself. He is older now. If he wants to keep pitching in this league, he might have to tweak a few a few things that worked in his younger years that just aren't working right now. And the Mets need him to figure it out because they are in shambles right now. And the only thing I guess positive about this is that – not positive, but the, the only spin zone I can give you is that the NL I feel like Everyone's not really playing up to their potential. Besides, the, the like the Pirates, the are Braves. way past the, the Braves, Braves. Are are, elect- are playing the
0: Braves are proper. the
1: Braves are playing to their potential. And the Diamondbacks. Every er, besides those three teams, everyone else I feel like is playing below their potential. So there's still room for the Mets. They just got to hang around. I think right
0: the division now. is done. Uh,
1: the division's done. I think it was done before the year. To be completely honest, I think, I think Edwin Diaz was a big blow. Basically.
0: I think Diaz is a big blow because we've seen it already in these in these games. The, the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning, like the bullpen, just you could tell everyone kind of had to shift up a position. Like Ottavino, I don't, I don't love, I, I didn't love him last year as being the the setup man, and I don't love him this year in the setup role. And it's just Robertson has been surprisingly fine. It's just like how I mean, how many more? Times are we going to wheel him out there before he pisses me off? So it's it seems like a ticking time bomb with everyone on this team. I I don't even know what needs to be addressed to fix the roster now. Like if you're, uh, this this reminds me a lot of the last year's Phillies. Like I could really see Buck getting fired halfway through the season if this team is playing 500 ball in in June.
1: I honestly wouldn't be surprised because we did talk about it last episode. Some of the some of the calls he's been making have been a little bit questionable. And I wonder if, you know, Cohen finds that a little questionable too. And management for the Mets find that a little bit questionable. The way he's been using pitchers, the way he I feel like he leaves guys either either two two batters too long or he pulls them two batters too early. It's 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 weird. I think something's really like I don't know what's going on in Queens. I really don't. I don't know what's going on with the Mets. I I think they need like I don't even know. I do like I agree with you. I think Buck is on the hot seat right now because when you have a team that won 101 games last year and you really don't lose that much and you gain Justin Verlander and you gain Kodai Senga and you ex you expect this team to be if not better. At least the same as last year, and it's just not it
0: yeah it's really it's it's embarrassing, honestly, like having the highest payroll in the league and you're playing five hundred baseball it's just it's not it's not good you're getting swept by the petty stupid fraud ass baseball team of the Washington Nationals, you get pumbled by the the tigers like that wasn't even a competitive series at all, so I don't know, and now we got to go play the the Rockies, who are on a three game win streak. So it, it's it's not necessarily getting any easier for the team. It's it's just man, it's just like it just seems like we're getting like gut punch after gut punch. I don't know. I mean, Met, look, Mets fans are always going to be irrational about everything. Like, it, it got to a point where people were asking Steve to build a roof so we didn't have to play double headers. So. I know that there's no one more pissed off in the world right now than Steve Cohen about how this team is performing. So I have no doubt in my mind that he's going to try to do everything in his power to steer the ship. Right. Not saying that he will steer the ship. Right. But he's going to try to press some buttons soon. If this team isn't, isn't living up to its potential.
1: Yeah, I think a hundred percent. I, I, I agree with you. I think, Steve Cohen has shown his passion for this team and his passion for this team to be good. And if this team's not performing the way Steve Cohen wants this team to perform, Steve Cohen will pull out his wallet and make sure this team does perform the way he wants to perform. He'll get the guys here that will do what he wants. And I think he's proved that. And and everyone is pretty aware that that's a high possibility if the Mets just don't turn it around, which right now it doesn't look like they're going to.
0: Yeah, I think it's uh, I think I think a, a big I think a big piece of this was a lot of people forget that Degrom was a was the ace of this team, and I think going into this season, all of that weight was put on Scherzer immediately after Degrom left. I know we signed Verlander within ten days of Jake leaving, but it's. It, it it feels like Scherzer almost felt like he had to carry the weight of being the ace on this team and maybe that has added to the the stress of him not pitching well. Maybe he's trying to push himself to overperform and kind of be be like fill Jake's shoes, which is kind of impossible to do, but I don't know. It's like I said, it's timely hitting, it's timely pitching, and neither on are on the same page at, at you know at at one singular time. So things need to, things need to start turning around. I I I don't know what they're going to do, but something has to be done because you can't keep playing like this. It's embarrassing.
1: Couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. Something's got to change and I think it'll happen. I just don't know when and how long is Steve Cohen going to wait to pull the trigger?
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll have to wait and see, but who knows? Because I, it, it's sad how, how much my mental well-being is placed on this team winning baseball games. So if they could do that soon, it'd be really fucking appreciated by me. I'm sure it would. I'm sure it would.
1: But even though the Mets are playing a little stinky, the league goes on. And looking around the league, we had an exciting call-up today in Chicago. Matt Mervis getting called up for the Chicago Cubs. This guy hits fucking dingers. It's not even funny. And he was in AAA way too long. This is a guy I talked about over the off-season when we talked about the Cubs a lot. Because when you have a tandem of Eric Hosmer and Trey Mancini at first, and the year is 2023, not 2016, that's a problem, and Matt Mervis is a huge step up. Eric Hosmer honestly has been out to a, a surprising start. He started to cool off as of recently, but he uh, over the first month he was playing not too bad at like pretty much an average player. I think maybe a hundred WRC plus. But adding Matt Mervis to this Cubs lineup, who is already hitting the ball extremely well, playing extremely well. This can just this could make the NL Central so much more interesting because we already feel like the Pirates are gonna slip and the Cardinals their start is just ugly. The Brewers looking like it's gonna be their division to really take, but adding Matt Mervis to this Cubs lineup is so big that I, I think that the Cubs really have I think they have the bats to do it. I think they have the bats to win 85 games and win the NL Central, because I honestly think that's all it's going to take. The only question is, is the pitching going to hold up, which I don't think it's going to. But with a lineup like this, Chris, it's hard to deny what they're doing in Chicago.
0: Yeah, well, they need a guy like Mervis now. Uh, Mervis, while he can hit for power, he can also hit for average. So I think this is an important uh, piece to figure into the Cubs lineup. I have a little stat here. The Cubs are averaging three and a half runs per game, and they're only hitting a buck eighty with runners in scoring position. Um, and for the Iowa Cubs this year, Mervis has been absolutely raking for them. Twenty-four games, nine sixty-two OPS, six homers. And if you look at last year's numbers, it just gets even better: thirty-six homers, forty doubles, one hundred and nineteen RBIs. And we're talking about a guy who jumped from single A to triple A last year. So we're talking about a guy who, about it, about a year ago, was sitting in the lower ranks of professional baseball. And today, or tomorrow, is it? Did he make his debut today, or is it tomorrow? He's tomorrow. Tomorrow. Okay. So, well, today, if you're listening to this, Friday, he'll be making his debut. So this is uh, this is somebody who was quickly turned around They're, uh they're kind of their whole game and is now, um, is now kind of reaping the benefits of, uh, what I think he's, I think he's, I think he played 119 games. So it's like 150 games. He's played like 150 professional baseball games and now he's up at the major league level, which is unbelievable.
1: It's, it is unbelievable. And it, it, he's already, he's just adding to like, I feel like the Cubs this year <laughs> are just like that. Young scrappy team that you have to love. Like, I don't know many people who hate Dansby Swanson. I don't know many people who would hate Nico Horner, Cody Bellinger. I guess some people hated him, but I don't really think anybody hates him on the Cubs. Ian Happ. Like, this is just a bunch of lunch pail guys who are just chilling, and you just love them.
0: Like, yeah, I yeah, these I are guys who the are Cubs. they're fun to watch, and they're they're all they're young, and they've got some they've got some. I mean, I guess you could say. Dansby Swanson and Cody Bellinger kind of pushing that veteran leadership role.
1: And it's crazy to say that like two 28 year olds are veteran are the veteran presence on this team. 28, 30 year olds are the veterans on this team. But when you have a team so young like this with Mervis and Patrick Wisdom, Ian Happ, Nico Horner, like all these guys so young just coming up. Let me tell you something. The Cubs are going to get better. They are going to keep getting better. And I hope this is a team that can add a pitcher at the deadline.
0: Yeah, it would be, uh, d- depending on where they're at come come the deadline, it, it, it'll be interesting to see what they, what they could do. I don't necessarily know what they'd be willing to give away. I know a lot of their top prospects they're really, really high on. So I think personally – it would be difficult for them to go out there and get one of the top market guys, but you don't even necessarily need that. You just need one or two guys who can sit there, eat innings, be a middle rotation kind of person, and and uh, help them help them make a proper playoff push. Because if you're Chicago, you're 15 and 16, so things aren't going um, like extraordinary well, extraordinarily well. But like, I think it would be it wouldn't be right to sit here and say that they haven't exceeded expectations and if things break a few different ways this could this could be a very different ball club 100% and and like i said i just think that that the, if
1: a couple things break the cubs way i think this is a team that we could definitely see come august september fighting for that nl central spot with the brewers
0: i think the central is wide open
1: I I I really besides the Cincinnati Reds, I think every single team could win that.
0: And And I
1: wouldn't have said that about the Pirates. I I still don't.
0: I think the Cardinals are slowly, 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 um, falling off into into a pit of no return. I'm with you. I, I, I.
1: you can only lose so many fucking games at the beginning of the year before it eventually catches up to you and you're way too far behind. And I don't know. They're 10 games back from first place right now. They're eight and a half back from the Brewers. That's a lot of games that you have to make up. You have to come out and some play some of the best baseball they've ever played. And from what they've shown this year, they're not going to do that because they can't do that. Mm. So I don't know what's going to happen – all I know is that the Cubs are definitely going to make it interesting.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, I couldn't could, – could not agree more, Zach.
1: Yeah. So, also, I, what I wanted to talk to you about is there is something terrible going on in New York. And it's not with the Mets. It's with their – crosstown rivals in the Bronx the Yankees cannot catch a break they I am looking at their injury report it takes up my entire laptop yeah, it's screen like
0: 14 people
1: I almost have to scroll that is terrible Luis Severino Oswald Peraza Harrison Bader Rodon, Trevino Luizaga Judge Colton Brewer Tommy Canely don't know how to say that guy's name Josh Johnson Stan Frankie Montas, Scott Efros, Luis Gill, all of them on the shelf, and the lineup that this team is producing with IKF, Aaron Hicks, and Willie Calhoun, who is batting, who has been batting fifth for the Yankees and hitting a buck fifty, who is terrible. And as a Red Sox fan, I am sitting here with my tub of popcorn, and I'm loving what the Yankees are doing because last year all the talk was fucking Red Sox are so bad. Fuck the Red Sox. They're so bad. How can this team and every Red Sox fan was sitting there like, dude, we don't have any of our players. Every single person is hurt. Oh, fucking Red Sox suck. How does it feel now? Yankee fans that your whole team is hurt and you're playing like dog shit because your whole team is hurt. And by whole team, I mean Aaron Judge. Hmm. If Aaron Judge is playing, then they're probably winning a couple more games than they would be because he can just carry them without Judge and Stan and Donaldson, Bader. Without all these guys, this team is so... So incredibly bad, even just minus judge, this team is so incredibly bad. Like this line, like, I don't think we talk about how much this lineup revolves around Aaron judge no, it's, staying it's healthy like the entire, with a six, it's, eight, it's, 260 it's, pound body.
0: It's the centerpiece of the lineup, no doubt. And if he's not in it, the team looks very different.
1: Like it, it like it's, cr- I think that's the, that is the biggest, maybe Maybe the Red Sox are up there too, but I feel like that's like one of the biggest teams where you take one guy out of the lineup, and your whole aspect about the team changes.
0: Hundred percent, absolutely. And and this is this is a Yankees team who let's not forget they still have uh, Carlos Rodon injured, and it who's getting
1: setbacks every
0: week yeah, now. And it, like, and it doesn't look like he is going to be any healthier anytime soon.
1: Earliest right now is June first.
0: Yeah, I mean that's very earliest. When when the initial like prognosis came out of Rodon, and I'm trying to trying to remember off the top of my head when it came out that he had he had issues with his arm or his forearm, back. It, it, it was. It just seems like everything. Like I, I want to say, I want to say it was probably around March, February probably right around the start probably, of spring training. Probably. Yeah, I think it was at least like I think it was like February. And I I said like mid-May would be a realistic time frame for Rodon after he went down.
1: I think mid-May was what they were looking at when he
0: first went down. And now and now it's looking at like if they're lucky June 1st. So it's so according to the last update that I've seen here. To, uh, today he underwent more tests on his back. Uh, he no longer has the issue with his pitching arm, but his back is still bothering him. So, th- the back obviously you're not going to be able to throw <laughs> unless unless you ha- if your back is right. So retroactive to when they threw him on the sixty day, the earliest he'd be able to pitch is the end of May. Which the, so let's say for argument's sake, like you said, June one. So there it's you just, go
1: again with that with that with that June June one,
0: yeah. That June like last one. time you said May two. Oh yeah, I did say May two. That's <laughs> off, dude. Sorry, man. I just like that. Um, yeah, but it just keeps seeing. It, it just seems like the the Yankees just punch after punch. They don't. They're not getting any breaks. I I, I don't, dude. You just got to get healthy. I mean like I'm sitting here as a med fan and I, the majority of the team is healthy and we're, we're underperforming. So I can't blame it on injuries, but like the Yankees are, are playing right around 500 ball right now. And they, they, they do have the luxury of being able to blame it on injuries. So it's not pan. I wouldn't say it's panic time in, uh in, in the Bronx just yet, because once everyone's healthy, this is going to be a very good team, but you need to get everyone healthy. That's that's step number one, and then figure out the rest of the of the shit. You'll win ball games, like the wins will fall into place. But if you're a Yankee fan right now and you're looking around the AL Central, this week you gotta go you gotta go to I'm not sure if they're going to Tampa Bay or Tampa's coming to, to New York. I think they're going to Tampa. But it doesn't get any easier. And let's I mean, you still have to take into consideration that possibly by the end of this weekend you could be 12 games out of first place and the lead is just going to keep growing which means when everyone's healthy in august sure everyone's healthy doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to cut that lead down any better
1: 100 the rays are looking to 100%. jump out
0: early too they're looking to extend this lead as much as they possibly can and as early as they can because there will be a, a time where the Rays will they'll, they'll lose their magic. Come, you know, the dog days of summer, they'll they'll drop a few games, and teams will start catching up. But they want to create as much distance as they possibly can now, while the bats are still working. And I would I would say 100%. I would say if I was a Yankee fan right now, I would personally, and I know like it's easier said than done, but. Essentially, at this rate, you, your mind has to mainly be on a wild card spot, because you're you're just not the 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 injury outlook is not great. Tampa is playing out of their minds. I think it's a little unrealistic to expect a, a to come back and take the division out of their hands now.
1: I think it's going to be very hard for a lot of teams. Like I think the AL East is like we thought it was going to be this insane race between like four or five maybe five teams. I think it's it's right now it's all Rays, man. Like it's going to be so hard to catch the Rays. You're going to have to get them to pretty much get swept back-to-back for anyone to have and and then maybe you're in between you're in like within two or three games and then you can really pounce. But it's going to be so hard for somebody to catch the Rays with the lead that they have, four and a half games on Baltimore. That's who's second in the league. They have four and a half games on the second place team, nine games right now on the last place team. The Rays are just they're fucking soaring and 26 and 6 through 32 games is ridiculous. It's like the best start ever. I mean, me and Jake were talking about this before the show. Carrie, 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 sorry, Red Sox. Uh, me and Jake were talking about this before the show. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Who is on their team? Like, like I understand Wander Franco, very good. I, I We can talk about what he did this this past week, but like, he's very good. But like Brandon Lau, he had that one good season. But like who was on like Isaac Paredes, Harold Ramirez, like they just pull guys out of their ass that you've never heard of, put them on the field and suddenly they're all all all-stars and they've only lost six games. You know how hard it is to only lose six out of 32 fucking games? Really hard.
0: You want to hear what's funny right now? And I'm sorry to, to change the subject completely. I'm scrolling through Steve Cohen's Twitter cuz I always I'm always curious because sometimes I'll see a tweet where um someone will stumble upon a tweet that Cohen liked and it'll be like like I remember when the whole Korea shit was going down so Cohen liked a tweet like hey Steve you should really sign Korea and uh, I'm looking uh, through st- uh, Steve Cohen's tweets right now, and one of them is a tweet in 1996. The Yankees had a bad road trip, so George Steinbrenner, st- Steinbrenner reamed them out. They promptly won a lot of games, and then also won four World Series titles. I wonder if Steve Cohen is liking a tweet like that. Like, do you think Steve Cohen is is like seeing a tweet like that, and like something in his head is like, huh? Like, I don't like to lose either. Maybe I should fucking start burning the bridges down. Laying low
1: No. No, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did, but I think if he did it wouldn't be it wouldn't be because he saw that tweet.
0: Well, like I just think like the tweet, like he liked it and he's probably like thinking along those lines, like fuck, like losing sucks.
1: Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I don't know. I I, I think I don't know. I think Twitter just makes everything confusing because Steve Cohen could have liked that by accident. Who knows? Sometimes I feel like people look too deep into Twitter and that's a bad thing. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, So can we talk about Wanda Franco for a second? Because uh, I might just be like, like as big cat says, old man screaming at clouds, but Dude, just throw the fucking ball. You don't need to throw it to yourself before you throw it to first. Just field it and throw it. Like, what was that? I'm sorry, but, like, that was the dumbest shit I've ever seen. Everybody's freaking out because he fucking tossed the ball to himself before he threw it. Who gives a fuck? Just make the play. (laughs) No, like, that actually pissed me off. Like, Like, it shouldn't piss me off, but it pissed me off so much. Like, it's so annoying that an MLB player goes out there and just fucking showboats like that relax bro just throw the ball
0: uh i don't i don't i don't have that bit that much of an issue with it i i just think it's like he's just having fun with it i could see where people would be like all right like don't you don't you don't need to like make a whole post about it but i don't know i think it's just uh i think it's pretty smooth like i think he's just like he's having fun he's cocky. I mean, the Rays are winning. Like they're they they've they've only lost six games this year. Like I would feel pretty good. I would feel pretty. I I would feel enabled to to do shit like that if I had only lost six games too. Like they must, yeah, and like I understand some type okay. of way right now.
1: I get that you're like the fucking hottest team in in the league, and no, you feel like nobody can beat you. But I also feel like this is a 162 game season, and we've played 32 of them, and. You shouldn't be acting like you're the fucking best when, like, yeah, you're the best in the league right now, but there's a long season. And I ju- I'm just, like, we've talked about this several times. I'm big on the just, just make the make the easy play. I'm big on, like, I'm a, kind of an old man baseball fan. I just think. I, it would be one thing if he, like, Tossed it If he fielded it with his glove, tossed it from his glove into his hand, and then threw it. I would have no problem with that. But the fact that he had to take the extra effort to field it, transfer to his throwing hand, and then toss it up like, this guy's so slow I can take my fucking time, and then toss it to first, there's just no reason. You're just being a dick for no reason. And now I... Hate the Rays even more than I already did, <laughs> and I hate Wander Franco even more than I already did, which I honestly didn't know was possible because I really hate him. But I hate a lot of the players that everybody just nonstop talks about when they haven't done shit in the league. Yeah, I yeah, uh, we we obviously have a di-
0: difference of opinion on this, but um. Yeah, I could see. You're an old-timey fan, so this, this makes you upset, I know. It does. Sorry. But it
1: does. It's just stupid. It's just there's no reason. It's just dumb. <laughs> okay. I had one-ish, like, again, I, I say this again. I said that last episode, too. One-ish more things that I wanted to talk about, and they're all about the Red Sox because I just want to talk about the Red Sox because they're playing so good. Can we can we, can you give me my little Red Sox time? Yeah, go for it. Okay, I wanted to have a serious conversation about the Mookie Betts trade because the Mookie Betts trade has probably has been one of, if not the worst trade in history. And everybody is the whole thing with the Mookie Bet. How could you let him go? Blah blah blah. And we got absolutely nothing. And God, we're so good. But and and we got absolutely nothing. We DFA Jeter Downs, and he was supposed to be one of the centerpieces of it. Blah blah blah. But there was two other guys in that trade: Alex Verdugo and Connor Wong. Alex Verdugo is out to a career start, batting 315 twenty six runs scored, five homers, and I think eighteen RBIs. His OPS is above 800. The guy is playing phenomenally, like amazing. And he's playing a gold glove right field when last year he was playing a below average left and right field. He has done everything the Red Sox have asked him to do on and and more. And he is the face of the Red Sox right now. Rafi Devers is obviously the best player, but Alex Verdugo is the guy who I want hitting in the bottom of the ninth the guys on base. Alex Verdugo is the guy that leads off for this team, does everything for this team, has the most walk-offs in the league, has eight walk-offs since he's got to the Red Sox three years ago, and is playing amazing. And it's not enough just to say Alex Verdugo because Mookie Betts is, was the best player in baseball when he got traded. Connor Wong has solidified himself as one of the one of the best defensive catchers in the league. He has seven defensive runs saved already this year. He has already accumulated 1.5 war and his career war is one. So he has already surpassed that by half war. And this guy is playing incredible. His defense is great. He has one of the fastest pop times in the league. He's gunning guys and he's hitting the ball. Incredible. He had a two home run night the other night, four for four, two home runs. And I just, this trade doesn't look as bad as it did four years ago it doesn't
0: yeah i don't think it looks as bad as it did four years ago i think i think in when you trade a superstar i think this is what a lot of people like immediate reactions it's 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 so easy for fans to just say like oh like get shit on like you guys obviously let lost this trade because you're giving up it. uh a perennial MVP talent for guys who are unproven at the major league level. Of course, when you trade an MVP caliber player automatically off the rip, everyone is going to criticize you. Everyone will criticize you. Everyone will say you lost because there's really, it's really impossible to replace an MVP caliber player with minor league players because you just don't know what you're going to get. But at the end of the day, this trade was made for a reason. Ownership, whether they were, whether they, whether you think ownership was right or whether you think ownership was wrong, the trade was made for a purpose, and that purpose, I assume, was because they didn't believe that they could hold Mookie Betts for for a future deal, or they just didn't see him in the future plans. Whether that was budget reasons or whether they just didn't think he was going to resign, whatever the reason may be, ownership and executives decided to move on from Mookie Betts. And I'm sure the Dodgers weren't the only team knocking on the door, but I'm sure this was the the best offer at the time. And unfortunately, with guys who are, you know, high trade value, impending free agency, you just kind of have to bite the bullet and take whatever you can get. Because God forbid the guy goes out there and hurts himself for the Red Sox in 2018 or 2019, and then what? You 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 get nothing for him.
1: Absolutely, and you know when this trade happened, obviously you had a lot of talk, and there was a lot of reasons why they did it. They didn't think they could lock up Bogarts, Devers, and Betts, which I understand. But now, when you look at it, it looks stupid because Bogarts left, and you know there was so much talk because all these th- the three players, Connor Wong was so young and and not very good at that point. And Jeter Downs was so young and was a high prospect in the Dodgers system. He was supposed to be very good. He was supposed to be the next shortstop for the Red Sox, and that just didn't happen. And Alex Verdugo was a below-average MLB player at that point, I think playing his second year in the league for the Dodgers. So at that time, it looked so bad. Now, I'm not sitting here on May fourth, 2023, and telling you that I'd rather Connor Wong and Alex Verdugo than Mookie Betts. Definitely not saying that. I would much rather Mookie Betts be on this team. I'm just saying that when you look back at this trade, it looks much better now that Alex Verdugo is really coming into his own and figuring out what the Red Sox need him to do on a daily basis. And when you have Connor Wong playing the great defense that he is and still hitting about 300 already, which is phenomenal for a catcher. He also brings speed to the base pass and he's very athletic behind the plate. So, I'm in a very happy spot with my team because I, I don't want to – I'm not trying to rub it in your face as a, a Mets
0: fan no, going it's through right. some woes. You, you, can, you can rub whatever you want. Now. We
1: have been playing – the Red Sox have been playing quite well. They have the longest active win streak in the MLB right now at five – in the AL at five games. They are up 8-1 right now in the fifth, in the fifth inning against the Blue Jays in a four-game set. About to sweep the Blue Jays, which is huge. Red Sox going from in this series going to go from hopefully going to go from last place to third place in the AL East. We're climbing, baby. This team has the MLB's best record since April 14th at 13 and six. They are seven and three in series. Seven and three in series. They have scored six six or more runs in their last five games. They hold the AL. Th- wildcard spot, the third one, their third in the MLB in runs scored and OPS. This team is just, is playing amazing. And I, I have to attest it all, honestly, to the coaching of Alex Cora, because this off season, Alex Cora took this team aside and basically said, we are going to try to change our fucking philosophy. We are going to sit there and we are going to take As many pitches as possible, and we are going to not strike out. Everyone on the team has a phenomenal approach to the plate right now. Jaron Duran, a guy who came up last year, supposed to be a great prospect for the Red Sox, plays like absolute dog shit. Now he's top five in the AL in doubles, and he's played three weeks less than everybody else. He's playing amazing, batting 400, 400 over a month. 400
0: yeah it's pretty ridiculous. and
1: this is a guy who this is a guy who who literally last year when he stepped on the field i was throwing up
0: <laughs>
1: and now he's he's holding down center field he's hitting the ball this team is just making me so happy and i can't wait till it all crumbles but alex cora has done his job with this team they have the second lowest strike strikeout rate in the mlb they have one of the one of the the middle of the pack walk rates, one of the best averages, one of the best run produ- run scored. They're still on a couple bases too here and there, which I love to see. So this team is just is on the up and up. and do not count out the Boston Red Sox. This is obviously a bridge year where they're not really trying to do too much. The pitching staff is terrible oh, hey, but I'm if you turn on, if you turn on a Red Sox game, you are going to see. A lot of runs and a lot of hits. Yeah,
0: man, I'm 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 rooting for the for the Sox. I, t- I told you, like Mets and Sox have no beef. I uh I'd say the, the Red Sox are my favorite American league team. So uh I, I'm pumped. I'm going to a Sox game with uh, Zach I right, with uh, co host Zach in uh exactly eight days from now. So I will be repping my my Boston Red Sox hat, which I little known fact got at fenway south in 2013 i've had, that, I've had this wow. i've had that for like nine years so jesus so cool yeah i went there the first year fenway south they uh they built fenway south actually well, that's lit yeah it really, it's a real. it's a re- i don't know if you've been down there but highly recommend we will oh i have actually you have yeah we, we, i was yeah, there um we... my grandparents live close to there so we were there the year bobby v managed the the team that's a bad year to go, but Well, it was spring training, so it was a lot of hype around Bobby V at the time. That's that's
1: true. That's there was true. a lot
0: of like people forget Bobby V came over from, from uh from playing in uh was it the, the Japanese league he was managing in? I think so. And I think uh so. dude, like his his teams were legit over there. He would win every year over there.
1: Yeah, he definitely didn't do that for the Red Sox, no, but I'm no. happy
0: that we had that year
1: because that had Did he ban made us booze in John locker? Room?
0: Wasn't that uh the thing he did? Something
1: stupid like that. He was the one of the worst managers of all time. There was definitely of a Red Sox manager time.
0: who banned booze and it like they and then after they they banned the booze, it was uh the the team started playing like shit. Well, it's probably Bobby Valentine then. Probably Bobby V.
1: Yep, he did, gets fired next year, World Series. Thank you, John Farrell. Did invent the rap. Thank you, Bobby V. I love a good chicken Caesar rap.
0: Hero. Not the hero. Not the not the hero we, we need, but the rap we deserve. Hundred percent. God, I love Bobby V.
1: Also, not a bad restaurant. Really bad service.
0: Really bad service. If you ever Internet looking to service. kill, if you're ever cool in, idea. if you're ever in Connecticut and you're looking to kill about four or five hours, go have a meal at Bobby V's. It'll fucking yeah, it'll be, true. It'll be, it'll kill time like no one's business.
1: It's a really cool idea with the whole sports gambling and, and like and stuff like that. I've never but,
0: said this about a restaurant before, but like I think they could be a restaurant where it could be self serve. That
1: would
0: be cool like a buffet, like a golden corral. Ugh, dude. <laughs> dude, I've been to a golden Wait, co- Jake. I've been to a golden corral before and just let let me tell you brother. Get yeah. your why, toilet paper ready. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why
1: you would do that. Jake. Dude. Um so since you're my computer man, app idea that I was going to tell you about. Are you ready? That's it. Yeah. I'll dude, I'm telling you like well, okay. So I told it to uh what did I tell it to? I don't remember. I told it to someone and they were like, wow, it was a great idea. And I was like, right. And they were like, I would totally use that. And I was like, I know. And I told it to my mom and she was like, Zach, that's really dumb. So (laughs) uh, let's see what, well, she didn't say that, but just like the face she gave me was like, yeah, yeah, I got the vibe. She was not feeling it. Here's my app idea. Ready? So I want to invent an app that you, when you open it, right, it's got, the temperature and like with the like your weather app, all your weather stuff, it's got that. But along with that, based off the weather, it tells you what to wear. Like if you should wear shorts, pants, like, a, like you should add a sweater today. You should add a vest because it's a little chilly. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, like wind and like – or like you could put in like how
2: long you're going to be out so it tells you like for nighttime exactly
1: and then like you can input information like like when it has the weather and it it'll be like it was 60 degrees this much wind this much precipitation chance and then
0: like you know what you should call it what like you should you should call it sundress like a like a play on the the word sundress yeah like on the clothing article sundress
1: well, I got to see if Jake can do it first. And then, you know, and then you can like input like, yeah, it was this out today and I wore this. So next time it's like that, it'll be like, oh, last time it was like
0: this, you wore this. Dude, that would actually be a really oh, good so we- name now that I'm thinking about it. Like, oh, did you check sundress? What to wear today?
2: <laughs> I Kind of like do like the name. I, I do like the idea. You could probably make it even better with AI
1: too to just like,
2: It'll learn your patterns and like yeah
1: exactly that's what i was feeling like you just input for like a couple like a week or two like but like the problem is like a week or two you don't really get that many different temperatures but like i think because it was when i think it was when we went to the yankee game or whatever i was like it's like 60 degrees but i was, I was like 65 but i was like it's not that sunny so i was like sometimes in 65 Dude, i might wear I'll shorts and a yeah. t-shirt or i might wear pants and a sweatshirt but like it's Two different 65s. I want an app that tells me, Zach, today's a cold 65.
0: You need to wear a sweatshirt. 100%, dude. It's like as as a guy, it's so slept on how difficult it is to decide between pants and a t-shirt or long sleeves and shorts. That is really hard to decide a lot of the times.
2: I low-key agree. I, I run into that decision a
0: lot. Dude, it's tough. It's tough out there. What do you People think is realize. what do you think is a is a is a harder decision? Like, so, wh- Zach, like what you said when it's like, l- let's push let's push the temperature up a little bit, like seventy five. But you know how it okay. could be like a cool seventy five, yeah. Or if it's like really cold in the winter, and you're like, do I wear the jacket out?
2: Or, I'm saying, or, or
0: or do i just try to freeze until i get into a bar dude this
1: is what i'm saying but what,
0: what do you think is the harder decision because i actually don't know because like both you're cold but 75 is more manageable but it could also be like so cold in the summer where i like i need a sweatshirt and sweatpants you know what i mean i do know what you but mean also in the winter it could either be like cold enough where it's like i can stand in this line outside of a bar without a jacket or like i really need a jacket right now
1: that's what i'm saying and i like jake's idea we can add a little we shouldn't be putting
0: this on the internet i'm Cut just telling you sundress thing. is the is the best yeah. name for this app
1: like just like jake said like we use like ai so like you can literally open the app and be like i'm going to the bar tonight might have to wait in a line might be outside a little bit what do you think i should wear and it would be like boom i think you should wear jeans jacket boom
0: it's Best. You or what, what I mean? if you dude. made it kind of like not like someone like, give me a billion dollars Or what if you made it a little social media where people were already out and about and they put like and they could put their feedback like oh dude like be cool
1: real now. be real but with clothes and stuff yes, like with weather. I
0: always want to know like if I'm going out All with right, people, how do you if i'm going out with people like you, i always will text them and be like yo like <laughs> is pants the move tonight or are we going shorts How do
1: I trademark an idea? (laughs) An idea.
0: Can we just bleep this whole three-minute conversation? Oh, it's
1: fifty dollars. Not doing it. Please, nobody steal my idea. (laughs) You're gonna see an. I call Jake as my programmer, though. So if you're friends of me and you're thinking about stealing my idea, I already called Jake as my programmer. You can't take him.
0: So yeah, Jake gets my idea from a guy in Belgium. In Brussels. Does he still listen? I don't know. Brussels guy. Can you email us? He he does
2: well, he definitely downloads. I don't know if he listens. I I saw the other day he's downloaded every episode. Let's
0: ride, dude. He I want us so heavily. Please,
1: please, if you're out there, email us, find us on social media, talk off pod. You will be DM us. Can we have him on as a guest? I would we would love to have you on as a guest. We will pay you. I will no, pay you no, fifty no, bucks.
0: Nope, we won't pay we won't pay you, but No, I will. Pay. I will. Okay, Zach will pay you. I need, I I
1: need you. to meet this guy. I need to meet this guy. I hope it's not someone using a VPN. That would suck. That would suck. I would really I
2: originally thought it was me because I use a <laughs> VPN sometimes, but I don't download it from there and every, and i still like i don't can you imagine if you're
0: still listening to this episode like fucking hats off to you dude hey mom <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right uh what do you say we get
0: into some pics let's do it powered by riverside All right. Picks for Friday, May 5th. I oh, and we also after. So all right. So let's do our Friday, our picks for Friday the 5th. And then after we go around, let's do the Sunday night baseball picks. So let's do picks first and then we'll preview Sunday night baseball, give our picks, and then we'll get the fuck out of here. Zach. Friday pick.
1: All right, this is a tough one, Friday. We got some real tough matchups. I'm gonna go with the super late slate. I'm gonna go to San Francisco. Sean Mania taking on Corbin Burns. I'm gonna take the Milwaukee Brewers and Corbin Burns in this one in San Francisco. Listen, Sean Maniah fucking sucks, and the Milwaukee Brewers will hit three home runs in this game off Sean Mania. Mark my words. Corbin Burns has a four ERA, but he's three and one when – the Brewers are three and one when he starts. I think that Corbin Burns needs to hone in, figure it the fuck out, and kick the shit out of the San Francisco Giants on Friday. I'm taking the Brewers.
0: Producer Jake.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm going to stick with NHL. I'm 0-3 in the playoffs um, on the pod, so that's pretty unfortunate. But we're gonna go with the Carolina Hurricanes tomorrow, Friday night, or I guess tonight if you're listening. Um good pick. Fuck the Devils. The Devils are frauds. The Rangers were were frauds, and the Devils would look just as bad as us. The Devils looked awful the other night. If the Hurricanes lose, then I'm cursed because I, I don't even know. But that's my pick.
0: I am going NBA playoffs here. I am going Celtics minus two against the Sixers in Philly, baby.
1: That's a great pick because the Celtics own the Sixers in Correct. Philly.
0: Yeah, I am. Uh, I am like on. I'm on like week three now of my Celtics fandom, and it's awesome. It's It's great being a Celtics fan we like saying we we're we're gonna win tomorrow night I'm excited I'm looking forward to watching it absolutely
1: and just so everybody out there knows we will have the NBA insider jack
0: back on yes we for the will. NBA finals we will absolutely 100%. percent all right Sunday night baseball I know uh this is this, this is our season long uh series so Sunday night baseball Dodgers at Padres this Sunday night on ESPN. Pitching matchup is a good one: Blake Snell against uh, Julio Urias. Two guys who uh, both honestly have Cy Young potential. So this is this is going to be an interesting one. I am uh, I am not off to the hottest start in this segment. Let's just say that I am an early contender for uh, the punishment. But uh yeah, we'll we'll have to, to wait and see. I think let's let's I'm gonna read out right now. I have the uh It's a
1: long season, don't worry. Yeah,
0: I have the uh the standings right now in front of me. So Zach is two and three uh so far on Sunday night baseball picks. Jake is three and two and I am an impressive over five. So um yeah. Yeah. So we're proud of you. Yeah, you're so, trying. That's, yeah, I'm definitely. That's just as hard as getting Definitely trying. Wrong. So, uh, all right. You're so, what, wrong. guys? What do uh, you're right, Jake? What? Sorry. Oh, for five. It's it's almost as impress. It's pretty much as impressive as going five for five and zero. No, seriously, like it's actually concerning how bad I am at this. <laughs> all right.
1: Does anybody want to give theirs first?
2: I will. I'm going Dodgers. James Outman, rookie of the year. He's probably gonna hit six home runs <laughs> in four at bats.
1: So, Jake loves James Dodgers.
0: Outman. <laughs> I love. You know, him. Jake has had two really good quotes in the show, and I think one of them was right there. And I also think the night that the Yankees went down nine zero in the first inning, Jake just goes, "Well, I mean, the judge is gonna hit a nine run homer anyway." So. <laughs> So
1: a Jake comment,
0: too. No, it's perfect. Like, it
1: doesn't fucking matter. Joe's just going to hit an iron home run. Who cares? Uh,
0: yeah, I'm going with Slam Diego on this one. I think the Padres are going to show out on Sunday Night Baseball. They have been a slow team this year to start off, but since Tatis has come back, it's kind of lit a fire underneath everyone's ass. So I'm going with the, uh, with the, the Padres on this one. I think the home team takes it.
1: Ah, <sighs> dude, this is really hard because I've been thinking Dodgers this whole time. The whole time I've been like, I'm going Dodgers, I'm going Dodgers, I'm going Dodgers. But now I'm thinking Julio Rice is a lefty. They got Bogarts, they got Machado, they got Tatis, all righties. Ah. I'm going to go Padres. I'm going to go Padres. I'm going to go. I I know the Dodgers are going to win now, but I'm going to go Padres. I'm going to kick myself if I don't and they win. So it's whatever. Now, either way, I'm going to lose and I'm going to be pissed either way. So I'm going to go Padres because they're at home. They have to eventually win a game that Blake Snell starts. So why not?
0: Yeah. And uh, let's not forget, Zach, the following week is Cardinals Red Sox on Sunday night baseball. So, We will get uh, our first taste of the Red Sox on national TV, on ESPN at least. Exciting. Absolutely. We'll be at the game the day before. We will do. Scope it out. We will. Scouting it out. I'll scout. I'll scout. I'll fucking scout the shit. I'm going to, here at first, I will present to everybody on the Monday, the 15th show, a full review of the Fenway Park hot dog.
1: Yeah, Fenway Franks are fucking phenomenal, so it's going to be a great review. I'm gonna also, can I, just say, can I just say that Reese McGuire is hitting like three eighty, and I have never seen a person hit so many bloopers in my entire Every single hit that he gets is off the end of the bat or off the handle, and it just bloops right over the fucking infield, and it's amazing.
0: Okay, roulette. Okay, so if everyone knows, we uh, we each pick our – So, yeah, for anyone who missed last Thursday's show, we hit our number. Now we're on to everyone picking your own numbers now. Zach, pick 32. 32. I got 22. I'm going 2. Fuck it. I wanted you to go 12.
2: All right, here we go.
0: 32
2: 32 32, 32, 32
0: 32 32 No, 27. Ah. That's, that's what we hit. Uh, yo, 27, yo. So I wake up. Yo, 27, 27. 27 yeah, yo. Stay like that forever. 27, yo. All right. Well, that is yeah. our show for uh Friday, May 5th. Have a good weekend, everyone. We will see you on Tuesday. Bye.